Wine can be really confusing. When you're starting out, it's hard to tell high-quality wine from a bottle of Plunk. It can also get really expensive. Boy, have I found that out lately by looking at my bank statements. I did a lot of research to find a better way to buy quality wine without breaking the bank, and that's how I discovered an awesome website called Last Bottle Wines. Last Bottle Wines has fostered personal relationships with wineries across the world and offer one bottle of high-quality wine a day at 30 to 70% off. When the bottle is gone, it's gone. New day, new bottle, new savings. I recently ordered a Spanish Tempranillo. This wine normally retails for $74, and I got it from Last Bottle Wines for only 32 bucks. It's not a wine club, so there's no fees. Shipping is affordable and can even be free. You know Mason and I are always after the best wines at the best price. We want you to enjoy the same deal. That's why we got you this special offer. Some of our listeners have already taken advantage of the deal and are loving the experience. All you need to do is go to lastbottlewines.com slash invite slash tasting anarchy to get $10 off your first purchase while helping your favorite Wine and Liberty podcast. That's lastbottlewines.com slash invite slash tasting anarchy to get $10 off a delicious bottle of wine at 30 to 70% off. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. All right, Mason, I think we've finally gotten to this point of our conversation that's already been going on for 30 minutes or so. Yes. What are you sipping on tonight? I have the Paranoia Pinot Grigio California 2017. I got this from Kroger. Um, I used the paranoia to cook uh, f- uh, 40 cloves of garlic chicken, uh, the Chardonnay that they had. I really liked their Chardonnay, which as for longtime listeners, you know, I'm not a huge Chardonnay guy. Um, so the other day I went into Kroger. They had a bunch of stuff on sale. I wanted a wine, even though I still have like nine bottles, nothing compared to a Jacob's stock at this point, yeah. uh, from my birthday wines, um, from Splash Wines. And But, you know, I thought, hey, Pinot Grigio, haven't done one of those in a long time. I don't have a Pinot out of that group. I love Pinot. Let me get this. Uh, you know, you know, Kroger, when they got stuff on sale, it's like the original price is eleven eighty eight, and you were getting it for six twenty five. Probably retails for like $7 somewhere else. So, right. Eh, probably didn't save that much, but um, pretty good golden hue, pretty good acidic punch up front, um, you know, kind of pear flavor to it. Um, doesn't stand out a whole lot, but it for a Grigio, pretty nice up front. You know, it sticks with you. You kind of get the flavors, um, 12.9% alcohol by volume. And it reminds me why I like white wine compared to reds. Okay. You know, it's acidic. It's bright up front. And not that reds aren't that way sometimes, but it's also not that heavy. Mm-hmm. And even like on the lighter reds, they generally have a heaviness to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like the lightness sometimes. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, hopefully I, you're going to enjoy some of the whites that I'm bringing to Childerberg for people to try. Um, yeah. And, and maybe we'll... Um, Albarinos? Yep, Albarino. Um, from these, these, the ones that I'm bringing are from Spain. But, mm. and I actually I did, the wine that I'm reviewing tonight is mm-hmm. from, I, I also have a Vignet from, uh, the same winery. It's a Texas winery, uh, called, well, actually, I've talked to you about this before. It's the it's it's the biker bar winery. Oh, so it's yes. a, it's a 
I'm going to say Chisholm Trail Winery. Chisholm? Yeah, yeah Chisholm. And mm-hmm. uh, it's this, this particular one is called The Outlaw. Ooh. It's a Barbera. I I probably have had a Barbera, but I don't recall having one. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, I guess, an Italian grape. Um, or possibly an Italian blend. I, I didn't do a lot of research on it, but it's it. One of the things I thought was kind of interesting about this one, though, is it doesn't mm-hmm. say it doesn't say Texas on the label. It says American. Huh. So I'm wondering where these grapes are sourced from that they made this particular wine out. Um, it's 13% alcohol by volume, uh, very fruity forward, a uh, lot of strawberry flavor. It's dry, but not super super dry. Um, mm-hmm. lo- low tannins. Um, very, very, very smooth, but it does have kind of a heavy mouth feel. I would honestly, like I would pair this with like, you remember Chicho's out there? I don't know. If I you, do. Yeah. I love Chicho's. So Chicho's has this, uh, you can get, you can get Chicho's pizza with just regular sauce or you can get Chicho's with spicy sauce. Yes. And I love the spicy sauce. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I think this would go really well with that spicy sauce because it's a little bit, it's definitely a red, but it's more reminiscent of a of a light red. So it's a, a lighter red. I don't I don't know what to compare it to because I haven't had Barbera before, or or I, I just don't recall. All right, so uh, it's from Northern Italy. Um, probably more close to pronounce Barrera, Barrera, given that it's Italian. Okay. So on Wine Folly, they have a little picture, and the picture has Pinot Noir on the left and Syrah on the right, and they put Barrera like in the body and color compared to other wine, they put it, you know, like one fifth of the way from the Syrah. So not saying that that's what this one's like, but that's the comparison that they're presenting. So their fruits are dark cherry, dried strawberry, which you got plum and blackberry. So, Mm. okay. I could could see this. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I I mean, I could sort of see that description. I, I, it's very, very strawberry um, Mm -hmm. in it, but I I like it. It's not, you know, my favorite thing ever. I I tend to like a much more tannic wine. Um, So this, this sounds like talking about what I was drinking. This sounds like a red that I would, you know, not that I dislike the reds that we normally drink together, but like this sounds like a red for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you would like it. And and the guy was cool that I talked to and he was making, they they make Mm -hmm. some interesting things. I also got a vignette from them. I might, I might bring that down for you to try or you and I might open it up before we yes. go or something that'd be good um then uh but like i said one thing that i th- that i thought was kind of interesting about it was that it said mm-hmm. american on the label instead of texas and when you go to their website they do have several that are labeled texas mm-hmm. so I- i'm wondering if that was a decision that they made or if that's part of uh regulation and kind of going back to our you know yes. our, our motto or whatever and this is how much government is your in your drink Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how much government is in this label telling them that you're, you can't label it Texas. To, well, you know. they also may have chosen not to. That's true. They also they, might you have. Know, and, and that's one of the things that's really interesting about this kind of debate is when the producer doesn't want to label it that way and is mm-hmm. forced to label it a different way. Not only from like, I want to call this Texas wine because yeah. while I bought the grapes from somewhere else, I made everything here and you know use local yeast and all that stuff. Right. But also somebody going like, no, no, no. Like, I want to label this American wine or something like that. Um, so apparently, according to Wine Folly, about 7,000 acres are under uh, planting in the U.S. Mm. Um, so kind of your stomping grounds. Okay. The Sierra Foothills, the Central Valley, and Santa Barbara, interestingly oh, yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. No, um, Santa Barbara has some pretty good – well, they actually have pretty good they, – they make a lot of really good Pinot Noir, I think. And Yeah, so – but it's interesting, like, when you, you're looking at the Wine Folly body and color – 
chart. Yeah. And, you know, pin, you know, thinking about Santa Barbara and Pinot Noir, which I really want to get one of those. And then having this so close to the Syrah. And like, mm-hmm. I know color of the grape doesn't necessarily is indicative of the growing area. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think it's funny to be like, oh, look. Um, I just think it's funny to kind of compare that, like leaning to. Um, this would be one of those ones I would be really interested to talk to Jackson about. Yeah, you know, and he probably knows a lot more about it too than than you or I do. I, I'm I'm kind of, yeah, other than the fact that I have like ungodly amounts of wine right now, and I'm probably not mm-hmm. going to buy anything. Well, I say I'm not going to buy anything for a while, but we all know that's a lie. Uh, that mm-hmm. that I w- I've kind of been keeping my eye out f- at last bottle wine for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, I'm going to say Barbera. I don't. I'm not really sure how to say it. Barbara. Bar- Barrera. Barrera. Um. I've been kind of keeping my eye out there because I know that everything they offer is relatively good quality. Mm-hmm. And so if one comes up there that's available, I would like to buy it. And just, just for comparison with this, because I think this is pretty good. Now the yeah. one, the one detractor I will have with, or one thing that I will say, and, but this is very, very typical of buying wine that is not mass market. Mm-hmm. And that is that it's expensive. So this was a $40 bottle of wine mm-hmm. and, not to disparage Chisholm Trail or anything like that. I don't think it's $40 quality, um, but it also Even might be, the, but it may be right. also that I just don't like this, this enough to want to pay $40 for it. Gotcha. You know, I was going to say like, even with the uniqueness of the experience, it's not com- coming up the 40 for you. Yeah. I, I would, maybe if I was there drinking it and they actually have a little pizzeria inside the biker bar and, mm-hmm. um, like if I had like maybe some of their pizza and had this, I think I would not, I wouldn't be upset. Like I'm still not upset that I paid $40 for it. It was a really great experience, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. not going to go online and order a case from them. I yeah. guess is the, is that like, whereas like Torn to Locks, which is one of the places we're going to visit when we're at Childeberg with the wine I'm band. drive you folks too. Yeah, exactly. That you're going to be driving us to. Mm-hmm. Everything that I've gotten from them, I think is worth what they're charging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they make a great Tempranillo. It's not as aggressive as most Tempranillos, but it is, it's, it's unique and I really, really liked what I got. They also offer Vignet and the Vignet is decent and worth the price. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've had better Vignets in Virginia. But I've also had, it's also one of those things that's year to year, it could be different. So I may have had, I may have gotten Vignet in Virginia just for like at a really, a really good time of year. Yeah. But Virginia is also a very consistent growing location. That's true. And Texas is not. That's, that's one of the, one of the challenges Texas growers have is that year to year, the weather here is so sporadic that, Mm -hmm. that a lot of growers here have a hard time producing consistent grapes. One year could be the most amazing year ever. And then the next year you get a late frost or the summer is like three months of 110 degrees or, or yeah. something like that. It's just, it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult condition. What's the, what's the Dallas total wine that's near you? Um, Park Lane. Yeah. Park Lane. That's right. Yeah. They have a Rococa Felice Barrera de Bala Superior, which is a Barrera um, that they also have at the, or the Norfolk Total Wine. Oh, we should try that. We should totally pick this up. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, But they also, according to Total Wine, they have a lot of availability for this wine type at at that store. Hmm. You can't ship them there, apparently, but you can pick them up in the store. So apparently they just have a lot at that store. So you could really, um, and a lot of them look Italian. Um, So we could, you could try, like, I'm not telling you to get into a new wine grape, but... You really could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that really, um, would be really interesting. 
you know, I'm not to dictate your time seeing as you're planning Childerberg, which we'll get back to in a second. Um, if you could save that bottle that you have open now mm-hmm. and pick up one of these and then taste test them compared to each other. Oh, that'd be interesting. Kind of as a, it would be really interesting if you could do it as a mini. Yeah. And then not finish the one bottle and then I could pick up the bottle and then we could, you could kind of be like blind tasting me into it. Oh, yeah. To see what be, I pick yeah. up, like we used to do. Yeah, that would be really Where you're cool. like, oh, I've had this one before. And I was like, oh, I'm in heaven. Like, let me see if I can get close to what this tastes like. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are, that's always fun to do too. And yeah. yeah, we haven't done that in a while. So maybe, maybe, yeah, you know, let's, let's try that. Maybe. Plus, the one I'm looking at is like 16 bucks. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad at all. And I wouldn't it's mind seven, swinging by it's there. It's like 17 on my side. So you Dallas jerks yeah. and your low yeah, tax. My lower taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, and you know, well, I don't know. I've got, I've got like twenty four bottles of wine coming in the mail, though. <laughs> so, uh, well, here, so uh, you know, behind the scenes, everybody, Jacob has a really beautiful wine rack now. Yeah, uh, to store his giant collection. I honestly thought about getting the same one to put up in the kitchen. I think cause... that you know what, um, if you do get it. I don't know if you, mm-hmm. if you will or not. It's available in other, others colors besides black. It's also available in chrome. I don't know what would fit better with your decor. I think um, black. Okay. Cause the, the granite on the countertops are, yeah. is black speckled. Well, definitely follow their advice for how wide to, yes. to put them apart because like it said, put them seven and a half inches apart. And I was like, seven and a half inches. And I looked at it on the rule or on the, uh, tape measure and mm-hmm. I was like, that seems too close to me. I'm going to do it nine and a half. Oh. And then, and so I did it nine and a half and, and my bottles do fit and that's fine. Uh-huh. But, uh, once I started putting the bottles in, I was like, yeah, I probably should have done what they said <laughs> and, and done seven and a half because I, I can tell that there's a couple of now granted where, where it is in my house, nobody's going to be bumping into it or anything like that. Cause it's above, it's above my recliner and nobody, mm-hmm. nobody ever actually sits in the recliner. So, um, I will be sitting in this recliner yeah. with a month, almost a month. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, it is. So the, the rack it is slightly, but I could see if somebody came and bumped one end of it, how easy it would be for it to just fall off onto the ground or something like that. I will not be sitting in the recliner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, the thing is, I it, can afford yeah. to replace all of your wine. I just don't want to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got, I've actually got quite a bit. I, I've gotten, I've gotten very spendy with wine and it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> so oh, I, I do have some kind of expensive things up there. Speaking of spending of wine, Jacob. How can our friends, our colleagues, the people who listen to this show, people who found this show randomly and have just gotten this far in the episode, how can they get themselves some credit at Last Bottle? Well, Wine. they could, you know what? I think the easiest way for them is to go over to our website, tastinganarchy.com, mm-hmm. and use our link to Last Bottle Wine. And if you yes. sign up, you will instantly get a $10 credit. Mm-hmm. And on your first purchase, we will get a nice little kickback that will help us explore more wine. Yes, it will help. It'll help us explore more wine. But also, and this is the really interesting thing about Last Bottle Wine. When you go into Total Wine, just like I did on the show, you can go into Total Wine like I do a lot in and find sometimes something very unique. And it's not that they don't have unique stuff all over that place, but sometimes it's very hard to tell Mm -hmm. if you've already, you know, if I've had Cab, I've had Merlot, I've had yada, yada, yada. You've had the big hitter grapes or the the noble grapes. You you know what they are, but like you want to have a Barrera or Albarino or Vignet, like these not necessarily exotic or Tempranillo. It's not necessarily an exotic grape, 
but it's not they're not super huge in the French and they're not super super huge in the Italians which kind of dictates the US grape market too right like but if you go on their site and search for them, you can find all these things. And it's not that like last bottle wine has a lot of super unique stuff, but they have different things. Right. And they right. do their flash sales. Like, I mean, yeah, there's, there was a, killed you. yeah, there was a marathon <laughs> sale. I can, I, you know what, let me, if you want, I'll run over a couple of things that I got in that flash. Sale yes. Just cause they're, yes. cause they're cool. So, um, and, and I'm going to go over these and I'm not going to look up the actual price for it, but I'll tell you what I got it for at last mm-hmm. bottle and, mm-hmm. and all of their stuff is 50 to 70% off. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. It's like you can pick up a high-end bottle of wine for them with a super discount. And yeah. even if you don't pick up a high-end bottle of wine, like you say you 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 know dip your toes in very, very lightly, mm-hmm. you're still getting a pretty good discount yeah. on a pretty good bottle of wine. And that's the interesting thing about them. It's not like um, – you remember when I was into Woot for a long time? Yeah, that's right. I forgot like, about that. Woot. A lot of the times they weren't trying to rip anybody off. They weren't trying to be crappy, but like they would buy like a line of refurbished Dyson vacuums okay. and sell them at a discount, which makes sense. They're refurbished. You know, they, they're trying to get a – and Dyson's a pretty good product, but yeah. they're selling a refurbished product, which has inherent issues already. Mm-hmm. They could be certainly perfect. You don't know. Whereas like Last Bottle Wine, they know these wines. Mm-hmm. It's not like they went, oh, I found this case on the side of the road. I'm going to sell it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. They, yeah, they, they have personal relationships with all of the growers and winemakers that they sell. So, mm-hmm. so everything they offer is high quality. Um, a lot of them are small producers. And mm-hmm. so you're not going to find a lot of these wines in like Total Wine. You might find a few of them, but they don't, they just don't produce enough to get into the big box wine stores like Total Wine. Yeah. You have to go there. Yeah. Yep. And they, and actually they have a location in Napa that you can go and like go check out what they have at their. Oh, that, yeah. That sounds like a really good trip. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. I, I, and I would like to get out, like if you and I could get out to Napa at some point and just like spend a week just kind of check, <laughs> checking it out, that would be a lot of fun. But I mean, I we, but yeah. I think we have to go foreign first, personally. That's true. That would be a lot of fun too. Especially if we could go to Portugal yeah. with. Jason. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Or Jackson. 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 I, I, I know. We, yeah. <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let me go ahead and run through a few that I got yeah. on in that last marathon sale, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what, what you can get. So I got, um, Cornerstone Cabernet Sauvignon from Oakville station, Napa Valley, 2015. Um, I actually happen to know that this goes for about $95 a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it for 52, 55. I mean, that, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's not Especially bad at all. The volume you bought got free shipping. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I got, um, growth Cabernet Sauvignon from Oakville, also from Oakville. Um, 2014. It's $45 bottle of wine. I think this one's normally 70, uh, but I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I've got, I got the, uh, I actually got a couple of Ludum Pinot Noirs. So Ludum has several different vineyards. So I got, um, the one from Sanford and Benedict Vineyard, uh, at third for $32. I got the one from the, um, Gaps Crown, uh, the 2013. That the previous one was 2012. This one's a 2013 from uh, Gaps Crown Vineyard. That one was 37. dollars um, I got uh, a Hermitage from for 31. dollars uh, mm-hmm. It's a 2010. And I haven't had a Hermitage. The reason I got this though, and and I actually think they call it something else as well. But uh, you know that South American wine grape that I really like, uh, Pinotage. Yes. So Hermitage is one of the parents of that grape. Okay. So gotcha. I, I was like, ooh, I want to try this. And 31 you, bucks. 
you gotta it. get you gotta get a pinotage yeah have it the day before okay and then you know kind of taste the heritage or heritage mm-hmm. the day after so it's fresh to kind of try to get an idea and if you could get one of the other parent grapes oh yeah i think it's i think it's nice. i think it's I think it's Pinot Noir and Hermitage. I think those are the, that's the cross. Well, you got like nine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I got another one, Emerson Brown Cabernet Sauvignon 2015, $41. Mm-hmm. It's normally, I'd have to look it up. I think this one's normally like 60. So I'd, I only got like 20 bucks off on that one. Um, mm, but still, $20 off. is, like, yeah. Here's the thing, like $20 off a really good bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, if you spent $5,000 on a bottle of wine, you get 20 bucks off, who gives a crap? But <laughs> that's a significant yeah. percentage off the price. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to say this one correctly, but the reason I got it was because the name was funny to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's Groucho Sellers Dundee Hill Pinot Noir 2014, but it might be Gracha. So it just looks like Groucho. It's G-R-O-C-H-A-U. So I got that hmm. one. That one is a 2014. I got it for 20 bucks. Um, yeah, I, I would think that one is probably Groucho, but like maybe like, cause I kept thinking it was like kind of like a riff on Groucho Marx. Yeah, that's why I bought it. Cause I was like, ooh, Groucho <laughs> Marx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, so that, when that one came up, cause it, what's cool about the marathon sale is, is they put a new one up every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So like I was sitting there at work refreshing while <laughs> while actually coding and refreshing that at the same time trying to like catch the good deals. This hey, one you didn't refresh, you wrote a script and it refreshed. <laughs> right, right. Uh this one I got for you and me to share though, this next one. Mm. Uh it's called Elav Elav Brewery Techno Double IPA. It's a beer. Ooh. Yeah. And it's a big bottle of beer. Oh um, man. Yeah. So ten bucks. It's normally it's normally twenty. So no, I mean half off. Yeah, half off, fifty percent. Like yeah. I didn't know they did beer. That's awesome. Apparently, once in a while they come across a beer and they mm. just they just go ahead and put it up. If, yeah. if if they if they think it's good and it's a good deal, they'll go ahead and yeah. put up. They'll just sell it. And and you know, That's a cool. lot of people who like wine also like beer. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of those things where like most people who like wine, mm-hmm. they don't drink drink beer. Yeah, they love to sample beer. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. Like, at this point, like, I'm still in the both camps where, like, I'll drink beer mm-hmm. and drink beer, right? <laughs> and then I'll drink wine and drink wine. So, yeah. So this next one, I don't, I have no idea how to say it. It is, mm-hmm. it's from the, it's from South Africa. It's from the region of Stellenbosch, I think, is how you say it. So it's one of the African regions, I think. Yeah, I think based so. On that. Yeah, it's it's called mm. um, it's called Mulderbush in quotes Faithful Hound Red Blend. Huh. And it is a it's a 2015. Mm. The 2015 online, like I just wanted to look it up. Yeah. Uh, I got it from them for sixteen bucks. It looks like it goes for about twenty, so it's not really the greatest deal ever. But yeah, it sounded but I mean, really like, interesting. And also, it's free shipping. If you're already getting free shipping from yeah. Last Bottle Wine, which is what six bottles. Depends on the wine, but okay. it, during the marathon, as long as you get six bottles, it's free. Okay. Uh, and yeah, these these I were mean, all these got... were all marathon shipping. Um, yeah, I was gonna say you got four times that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I got a Garnacha, uh, Mark mm, Her- Mark Harold Flux. I, I know I've had a Grenache. I just can't remember what it's like. So I was like, "Well, let me I, get this because it's fifteen dollars." Here's, here's what here's what I want you to do if you if we can. Okay, you gotta go to a regular Kroger okay. and see if they have the El Pastor Grenache because that's oh, right. what we cook with for red wine. Here okay, in my house, and it's a pretty good drinking one. I think their Tempranillo is better. 
mm-hmm. for drinking. Um, but the Grenache is pretty good too. Okay. And I think that's just, it's a good side, by. I think that'd be a right. fun side by side. Okay. Well, a total wine, this, this particular one is, mm-hmm. um, well, actually this is, this is a 2014, so I don't know what it is, but the 2015 at total wine is $30. So mm. I got it for 15 and so Sounds it's good. about 50% off, which is yeah. nice. Uh, Cusquina. Oh, I know. So it's, it's, uh, Cus. Cosquina Lu- Luisin Barbesco Asili 2014. <laughs> it is, a, it's Italian, obviously. Uh, $37. I think that that one was actually about 55, uh, retail. Or the best mm-hmm. I could, deal I could find online was 55. Yeah. Uh, then there was a D'Angelo Angelico del Vulture 2013. Um, that is, I don't remember what this one is. Uh, I think it's just a red blend. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is the technical details on it on it are thirteen point five percent alcohol by volume. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea what that one is, but I got that for fifteen bucks. This one is one. This one actually does go for quite a bit online. I got it for seventy from from Last Bottle Wines. It's the Rubisco Cabernet Sauvignon Reserve mm. Mount Verde Napa Valley. It usually goes for about $150 and they had it for 70. I mean, that's a like that's 50% off. Yeah. Like that's a you could probably flip that possibly. In, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I'm going to drink it, but I could. <laughs> you could still flip it just yeah. not in the turn not in the sense I meant. Right. So I think that's a yeah. wonderful review of like very very heavy role. well and this is one of those things where like you know i wasn't watching the sale mm-hmm. um because of the nature of the business i i'm in currently yeah it doesn't allow me to but a lot a lot of reds on there now reds are generally kind of the yeah the so, primary american focus at this point well i mean they had ungodly amounts of chardonnay ungodly amounts of pinot grigio a whole bunch mm-hmm. of they had a couple of gravettes demeanors they had a couple of uh, pinot grigios they had some Chardonnay Blanc. I recall. Mm. It's the thing is that, like, I actually like Chardonnay Blanc. I thought about getting a couple of the whites, but I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, I, I do periodically buy whites and go like, ooh, I want to drink this or whatever, and I just never get around to it. And it's yeah. because when I'm going and picking from my shelf of things to drink, I always pick a red. Yeah, and that's that's the one disadvantage of the the idea that we don't live near each other anymore mm-hmm. is it pushed us outside of our comfort zone and our general drink demeanor. Yeah, and because my uh, shipment from Splash Wines was fifty fifty by choice, right? Red to you know it was eight reds, eight whites, and two rosé. Mm-hmm. Like I specifically have been drinking a lot of reds, but also because like it's as a nostalgia factor and I, I don't expect you necessarily because you drink more frequently wines than I do. Yeah. I don't expect you to drink for a nostalgia factor like I do sometimes where I'm like, I miss Jacob. I'm going to have a red. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do. I do drink Vignet quite a bit and mm. I drink Albarino probably more than I should. Um, not, well, I guess it wouldn't be more than I should. I drink probably more than I should, but uh, I, I, I've seen recent pictures of you. If if uh, that's what it takes to look like that, I'll, I'll drink more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, actually, Victoria and I were driving today back from the gym, mm. uh, and then we went to the Russian store, and I was like, I am famished. I am so hungry. And she's like, yeah, you haven't eaten today. And it was like it was like 4 o'clock. I was like, no, mm. I ate today. I ate breakfast. And she was like, no, you took the dog for a walk. When you got home, you took your pills. Like, I took allergy medicine and my vitamins. And mm. she said, you took your pills, and then you started working. And I was like... I'm almost sure I had my protein shake this morning, my my meal replacement breakfast thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
I would have heard the blender turn on and turn off and I didn't, I'm pretty sure that you have just been going the entire day without eating. And I was like, man, no wonder I was super hungry because I just had a pretty intense workout and, yeah. uh, you know, and also took the dog for a two mile walk and then came In home. The Texas and, heat. Well, actually it's really nice today. It's like 80, 80 degrees out, but, uh, Texas heat. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, but like it, like that kind of thing happens a lot when like mm-hmm. I, I have a lot on my mind. So I've been doing tons of work on Childeberg. I've also got a lot of my work work to do and, mm-hmm. and then work on the show. And so like I'm the type of person who I, I'm a grinder. Like I will just work for hours and hours straight if nobody interrupts me mm-hmm. and I will do things like forget to eat. And then I, and then if I forget to eat all day long and it gets to like, I usually don't drink before six. So mm-hmm. then it gets around to six. It's like, oh, it's time for me to pour a glass of wine for myself and continue to drink. And I haven't eaten all day. And then I have a glass of wine. And then I'm like, why am I so hammered? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that's and right. <laughs> so I have two I have two segues here. One, I am probably 5'10", but I slouch. So 5'8", right. is a good height to describe me at. You are a solid 6'5 and a half, 6'6". Yeah, close, close to that. Yeah, you are a giant person. And <laughs> I have been around you when it's like, I didn't eat today. And I'm like, well, should we be drinking? And they're like, oh, I'll be fine. And it's like, nope, no, no. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, I haven't eaten in the last 45 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to have three glasses of wine. And you're like, I'm going to have this one. Yeah. Like, wow, no, I'm not even close. And speaking of which... We've mentioned this thing called Childerberg several times. Yeah. And I believe somebody is going to possibly be bringing in an inordinate amount of Texas beef. And yeah. we may have a heavy hitter of the libertarian movement possibly showing up. You'll have to show up to find out. But Jacob, yeah. what the heck is Childerberg? So Childerberg is the premier liberty event in texas and no no no, no. really the surrounding Premier region liberty yeah. event in june right. 2019 well also pork fest is in june <laughs> so Premier yeah. liberty event okay all right all right all right <laughs> because uh, we are not gracing pork fest with our presence <laughs> yeah that's true and actually so roger paxton who is the head of pork fest right now he does put in a lot of work i need to get in contact with Wait, him is roger paxton the head of pork fest yeah yeah so roger oh, I, I didn't know that okay yeah yeah take i take that back yeah so he's like he's like we the organizer the secondary premier event <laughs> well let's say we're the premier event in the south so if you yeah, I, I, I'll call Texas the South. Yeah. Um, you know, being a Virginian, like, I don't think of Texas as the South. But oh, okay. I well, I mean, it's part of the Confederacy. I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. I just don't think that way because East, East Coaster. Yeah, I, I think guess that's, that's true. the big problem. I think the South Georgia, Alabama. But yeah, that's like, like that's the deep not South. from Texas. Right. Right. Yeah. Compared to Texas. But I mean, like, Texas is the size of most countries, bigger than most countries. So, um, yeah. but actually, so if you want to know who the secret guest is, though, everybody, go la- listen to the Mace. No, 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 no. They've got to show up. Okay. All right. All Until right. you show up, you're not going to know. And if you know, you're in the know. That's right. Okay. So, yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Mason, you are driving the, the wine van and we're going yes, to be I visiting, am. uh, for sure, two wineries, most likely three. Probably and two. You think two? To be, to be realistic, okay. I don't know the distance between the wineries, mm-hmm. but we're, it's about 12 to 5 we're trying to do the winery tour. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you think 45 minutes to drive to one, an hour at one, 45 minutes to the next, okay. an hour, so, 45 minutes back. 
yeah. you know, we may be able to do two. Well, so here, so I've, I've done, I've done the logistics, right? I did the logistics on it. Mm -hmm. So there are, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. There, there are two that are very close to each other within five minutes of each other. Oh, okay. So five minutes apart. And they're, yeah. And they're 20 minutes away from the campsite. Oh, crap. This is, (laughs) this, yeah. Yeah. This is where the tricky part comes in though. The third Mm -hmm. one is on the other side of the campsite about 30 minutes away. I'm going to go to that one first. Yeah. So we could go up to that one, spend, you know, an hour or so there. And then come back around the lake and go to the other two. Yeah. So the way we'll do it is we'll go to the we'll go to the one that's thirty minutes away. Okay. We'll spend the time there, and then we'll go the farther of the two. So I can be like, well, we might as well hit the other one on the way back, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> the the further of the two on the bottom is the one that I'm really looking forward to going to. Okay. That, that's Tornalox and Tornalox. Yeah. All right. Super super good wine from there. Yeah. So to clarify. This is June eighth and 9th in yep. Texas, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit north of Austin, right? Yeah, yeah. It's about an, it's yeah. a, it's about an hour north northwest of Austin. Yeah, northwest of Austin at beautiful Lake Bow Cannon. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's Bow Cannon or Buchanan, but I, I've well, been I've I mean, been yeah. you know you'll if you type in Lake Bow Cannon or Buchanan, Texas, yeah. north of Austin into Google, you'll get the right place. Yeah. Um. So. All of the campsites have been spoken for. That's right. All of the wine van seating has been spoken no, for. No, 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 no. We still have we still have seats left on the wine van. Oh, uh, I thought you said today the wine van had been spoken for. Okay. No, no. So the, I've, um, I've, I've reserved the wine van, so we have 15 total seats on mm. the wine van, and we have, as of this recording, and so it may change by the time you guys listen to this, we have five seats left. Okay. So there are five seats left in the wine van, and it is early May. Yep. Um, so... Keep in mind, we think we know how many people are showing up. Right. We're probably going to have more where people tag on because it is a free to free to attend event. Yep. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be us. Uh, is Rolo's coming, right? Yeah, Rolo's coming from Pennsylvania. Rolo's coming from Rolo and Slappy. Yep. Um, we'll have a car from car um, from Friends, Friends Against Government. That's now. right. I still don't think even if we paid for his ticket bird could come no no i i asked him yeah he'll be there in spirit i asked him if 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 i said is it is it a is it a problem to fly out just because you're you know a student and you got other costs and he's like no no i just got too many classes and stuff so yeah so um we we want him to complete his education because he feels that's a good investment for him which you know and and he's a smart guy so yeah, certainly a good choice on his part. Yep. Um, if he thinks it's worth it and he's doing well, which it sounds like he is. Um, so we wish he'll be there. He'll be here there in spirit. Maybe we'll be able to do some sort of call with him. Yeah. Um, we'll have car from friends against government. I wish we could have talked, um, Nikki and um, Lizzie, Lizzie from yeah. Sounds Like Liberty to come down, but they do have a young kid, and Texas is slightly warm. Uh, I know Nikki doesn't care for that, but Lizzie does. Yeah. Um, well, and it's far, and fun. it's far for them. I think they're in like Ohio or Illinois or somewhere. It's far. We have a guy coming from Europe. That's true. It's far for anybody who's not coming <laughs> from. It's not far for anybody who's not coming from Europe. Yeah, I guess that's um, true. Yeah, so. I'll be there. It'll be the first time. Well, for you guys, it'll be the first time I've seen Jacob since um, he moved to yep. Texas. Now I will be, obviously. Yeah. Well, it'll be. It'll. It'll actually. For, this is what's cool about it. Is it'll be almost exactly one year since you and I have seen each other. It'll. It's. Yeah. It, it'll be one year in like four days. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is like Jacob and I didn't go like 
for seven or six plus years, like we didn't go three days without seeing each other unless he was on vacation. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, like, um, so yeah, now I will obviously see him because he'll be picking me up at the airport, but we will be bringing this thunder and fire for wine and enthusiasm for, uh, anti-government shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to it, we will, I will be getting a chance to meet Carr. I will be getting a chance to meet Rolo. Um, it but we've got we've got some other really good podcasters coming too, Mason. Do we? Yeah. So, oh, Mr. Sue, I keep yeah, Miss, I, Mr. Sue's coming. Killing myself because I keep forgetting. Yeah, and actually, uh, man, he had something he wanted to razz you about, and I forgot what it was now. Uh, but <laughs> he, he can razz me in person. Yeah, he can razz you in person when when he's down there. But also, Dino from the Dino Files is going to be there. Yeah, um, I think that frequent guest on Friends Against Government. Yeah, I think I think either one of the guys or both of the guys from the Peaceful Treason podcast are coming. Oh, and, that's such a great name. Yeah, it is. It's a really good name. Um, and I think, man, there, there's a, there's a bunch of them, and I'm and I should have a list or something so I can read them all out because they're mm-hmm. all like I I anytime anybody's like, hey, I have a podcast and I'm going to Childerberg, I go and listen to like the last five episodes of their backlog just so I'm like, okay, so now I have an idea of who you are. Well, Jacob, we have Childerberg.com. Yep. Every time we should just be like in association with. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. just have this running list of podcasts that are going to be Oh, that's up. a good idea. Yeah, we should so, we should do like a Friends of Childerberg page or something on there and yeah. just like make a list of all the podcasts that we like. That's a good idea. Well, no, no, just people who are attending. Like we don't yeah. have to like your podcast to attend. I mean, you could be a straight socialist and want to attend. Like we – you know, we've always invited people to come out and have the conversation with us. Um, so it's just in association with, yeah, I think. Yeah. But, you know, I am not the – I don't think I have admin rights to Childerberg. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have admin rights. I'm the only one with admin rights right now. Correct, but. as it should be at this point because, like, I'm just going to get there and muck about. No, uh, but, yeah. No, so, I mean, this has been this has been a – a strong collaboration with you and me and, and a lot of input from Carr. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, like and Dino is, co- can, you know, yeah, Dino the, made, the, made Dino our cool and logo. Rolo have contributed. Yep. Like, I mean, yeah. Ro- yeah. And oh, you know, what's cool too, speaking of Rolo, uh, mm-hmm. I'll announce this on the show now, but probably the newsletter will come out by the time, um, this episode comes out. Rolo is going to borrow the wine van sun- oh, yeah? Sunday morning. And any Catholics that, or any non-Catholics, I guess, that want to go to mass with him can go with him in the wine van and then he'll be back, uh, later on that afternoon to continue the, the fun. I almost would attend that. <laughs> right. If it was Quaker meeting, you'd attend. Uh, no, I think I would be too in pain. Okay. Possibly Got it. to attend yeah. the, the, the Quaker meeting. Um, you know, I mean, we can still do a meeting. Yeah. Like that's true. Just, you know, do a meeting at the campsite because you can't yeah. drink at the campsite. Yeah. Um, so you have to go to the state park, but no, um, you saw, you saw the little map I sent you, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, there's like a line that's like right next to <laughs> our campsite. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because it's like on this side, no drinking on this side, it's the County's problem. So, you know, that sounds like, uh, to bring this back to our favorite co- conversation, the state Yeah. on this side, you're Mexican on this side. You're American. Right. Yeah. It makes and no you sense. You might as well not bring your Spanish speaking, blah, blah, blah. Oh, come on, man. It's a line. You just right. step over it. Yeah. So we're going to be stepping over that line and doing any sort of Childerberg drinking on this, on the county mm-hmm. side instead of on the Elkar side. Yeah. So just, I you do. know, just because yeah. Elkar is there, I guess they're the state organization that's in charge of like dams and water management in, mm-hmm. in Texas. I don't really want to have any sort of conflict with them because 
I, I just don't yeah, want to have I a mean, conflict. It's, it's, fair, it, it's a it's a fair choice. Yeah, it's a family campsite. We definitely will respect the fact that you know people will be paying to enjoy their time there, and we shouldn't you know ruin someone else's time because they don't necessarily approve of the the choices we choose to make. So right. we will gladly take ourselves to another place, um, twenty feet over. Yeah, twenty feet over. Uh, you know, quarter of a mile, depending on which campsite you get, but you know, right. not that bad. Um, over there to enjoy oneself and to be comfortable and have a good time. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun if you can attend. But this sounds like an amazing thing. Unlike Tom and Bob, who we have modeled heavily this off of, <laughs> right? Um, from Contra Krugman, Tom Woods, or the Bob Murphy, Mur- Murphy, Murphy, the Bob Murphy show. Um, so if you didn't know who Tom and Bob were, shame on you if you're listening to this, unless you're a socialist, then go listen to Tom and Bob. And then if you still are a socialist, I can't help you much yeah. unless you well, want to read some hard. Yeah, well, just come back for our wine reviews and then you can yeah. turn it off after well, Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, um, they have a wonderful sounding cruise, uh, which is a little high dollar for our cost at this point, but we are definitely going to have a lot of fun in texas yeah um and you know bob's in texas yeah maybe get him out to come out next year oh wait that's right so that's one that's the thing that that you were alluding to that that we yeah, that we're not we going to do we are announcing two or dose already yeah so dose is, is going to be happening um the, the way I have it envisioned right now is that it's going to be the last day of the LNC and the two subsequent days. So it's going to be a three-day event next time. Well, it's it's not how you envision it. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it before or after, and we, I we and can't I think I into it. We yeah, need to, yeah, we need to trail it. I think. Yeah, because if we can, you know, this is maybe edited out time, but we need to be able to snag people before the event. You know, yeah. like to go in and like maybe if Dave's going to come out or, you know, somebody like right. that, try to get some interviews, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And so anyways, well, I won't cut that out. That's fine. But yeah. uh strategizing. Yeah, strategizing <laughs> on the air. So, uh yeah, so we're going to be doing Dose. So if you can't make it to Childerberg 1, make it to Childerberg Dose. And this I plan on this being an annual event going forward until, yes. you know, until I'm – you know, six feet Until under. you're emperor of the United States and you've <laughs> abolished daylight savings time. There, there you so, go. If you want the Childerbergs to stop, elect Jacob president of the universe so he can abolish daylight savings time. Right. Uh, and then uh, go screw yourself because we're still not stopping. Right. But if you do want to see Childerberg dose, but you can't attend Childerberg one, but you have a few dollars that you can spare. Mm-hmm. We will take any and all donations you want to make. If you need to make donations in Bitcoin, because that is how you find yourself in life. Let us know. We can definitely get you hooked up with car who can help process that information for us because Jacob and I are too technologically alerted at this point to figure that out in time for <laughs> this wonderful event. Otherwise you can go to Childerberg.com because Hey, just like Tom taught us long ago, grab the website, mm-hmm. go to Childerberg.com or TastingAnarchy.com. I'm sure we have some sort of link to Childerberg on there. That's right. And you can make a donation to our GoFundMe. We're not asking for much. We're just trying to make sure that, hey, we don't become uh, slaves of the state because we went to the poorhouse for right. this. Um, to make sure everybody has a good time, safe, fun, uh, libertarian event of the South. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good summary. So awkward transition, I guess. Let's yes, uh, to our one article. This yeah, week. <laughs> we've got one article. We tried to get to it last week, but you and I have been having just a good time just chatting up because yeah. 
Uh, we've just had just, a bit. <laughs> just cause. Jacob, I believe these are the, like the classic episodes that yeah. Carr likes to skip. Yes, Carr, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Don't skip the classics. No, uh, please enjoy whatever episodes you guys like. I, and hopefully you guys have enjoyed this. Like, this is one thing I do like about our show when it's structured. You know, we do, we do do a good job talking about the wine industry, but I do miss the random once maybe once every two months episodes where we just go off the rails. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, like I remember, and even this episode and last episode, like I, like I, I mentioned earlier, I had a super rough week this week mm-hmm. and the, and the week before I also had kind of a rough week. Yes. And the week before that I was so busy that we weren't able to record. So, mm-hmm. it, so there was like a lot of time where we just didn't speak as much as we normally do. So mm-hmm. I had a lot to say yes. and, and so did you. So, um, I mean, we spoke for almost an hour before this episode started. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the so, but one of the reasons that we missed an episode was because I was in Nebraska. So we're kind of uh-huh. we're going to get into our time machine a little bit and go to Nebraska, where that's right. time machine and traveling distance machine. I don't know. Right, but that's the noise it makes. So they have, and actually, I covered this on when I was on the Rolo and Slappy show. I guess last week. And they cover, I covered this a little bit on their show too. So Nebraska has a new proposed alcohol tax going in and it is a 600% increase from the current tax. Jesus. Yeah. It's a huge increase. And so I kind of wanted to review this with you, Mason, and, and mm-hmm. you and I can comment a little bit on that. Um, for those of you who don't listen to Rollo and Slappy also, uh, the, the reason I guess that they're proposing this tax is because they want to alleviate property tax in Nebraska, which is apparently very high. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nebraska is a big farming state. It and is, so yes. for, so for farmers, property tax is, um, very difficult to deal with. Yeah. And so yeah. this senator who's proposing the tax, he is, he is saying that, you know, it's not, it's negligible. Um, I'm going to use all beer terms for this because when I was at my sister's work, I spoke to one of the bartenders about the tax and they were kind of giving me information about it while I was there. So, mm-hmm. so this is partially an article and par- partially just me talking to somebody who's a server at a, at a restaurant that has like a hundred beers on tap. And they were saying like the way that the senator is proposing this, he's like, Hey, look, it's not a big deal. It's only 10 cents per glass of beer. And that doesn't seem like a lot. Um, but what they want to do is they want to basically make up for a large amount of their revenue in order to reduce taxes for um, farmers mostly, is property owners in general. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I thought was particularly interesting about all of the quotes from this senator, and granted this is a news article so he may have, have proposed other things, is not once in the news article do they discuss cutting the budget mm-hmm. as a way to lower taxes. In mm-hmm. their mind – or at least this is the impression I got, in their mind, the budget is set and it's going to increase. And so the only way to pay for it is to increase tax revenue. Yeah. And didn't, didn't Nebraska recently have a governor who was like like an actual true Republican that tried to do like all this crazy stuff with the budget? Like I think he and did. And basically got, no yeah. one would let him lower tax lower yeah. spending. Yeah, I think that was the deal. Is it just like is nobody yeah, they would ne- nobody would let it cut. Nobody would let them cut. He kept getting obstructed in in their legislature, and you know, to, to some degree, that's that's fine. But I mean, overall, the the government is violence, and yeah, I mean, like he basically pulled the Trump, where it's like, yeah, we're going to cut spending, and then are we going to cut like 
taxes, mm-hmm. but he actually wanted to cut spending. Like he was right. all about like, no, 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 we got to rein this in. Yeah. And he went through and, and from what I understand, he went through and he like slashed a lot of stuff. And, and then when it was, when the legislature went into session to decide on it, they were like, nope. Yeah. And so, but I, I kind of wanted to break down some of these numbers because I did the calculations on my own mm-hmm. um, to sort of put it into perspective for people because I actually didn't know what this would translate to breweries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to know what the definitions of the different breweries were. So a microbrewery, Mason, you and I have drank in a whole bunch of what we would call microbrews, but those may not have been microbrews. So according to regulation, a microbrewery is a producer that makes less than 465 gallons of beer a year. That sounds like a lot, but it's really not that is not a lot. Yeah, no. it's not it's not very much at all. Like I was making I was making 30 gallons of beer a year, actually probably more than 30 gallons, probably close to 100 gallons of beer a year in those two or three years that I was brewing. Mm-hmm. And because I was doing them in five gallon batches and I was doing one batch right after the other. And then I had so much beer that I didn't know what to do with. And so, yeah, just, just so everybody knows a gallon is 128 ounces. Most beers are 12 ounces. So that's yeah. like 10, 10.8, you know, 10.0, you know, whatever beers. Right. That's right. not a lot. Yeah. It's not, it's not that much at all. So that's a microbrewery. A regional brewery is classified as somebody who produces between 465 gallons of beer and 1,806,000 gallons of beer. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's a big jump. So yeah. you you are classified as a regional brewery in that area. So I went ahead and did the math. So for a microbrewery, at 400, if you are producing the max as a microbrewery, you're going from 30, 31 cents a gallon to a dollar thirty-eight a gallon, and that is a tax difference between one hundred forty-four dollars and fifteen cents and five hundred and three dollars and seventy cents. So the amount of beer that a microbrewery is producing is manageable for one person. And granted, that is a big jump, and so it may be very costly for a small business. But really, you're kind of like, eh, you know, it's a small business. It's really probably just a hobby, and so they can eat the cost. And, and, and they might not even actually be selling. It yeah, they, yeah, they may not be. They may just be producing it for friends or events. Like I've, I've actually, I know people here in Dallas who who do a lot of microbrewing, and all of the beer that they produce is for microbrew events. So mm-hmm. there's an event, and they're not technically selling it. And so, but they give it away and people can try it and, and then they get judged based on like how they did. And actually I have one guest in mind to come on to talk about that because apparently he's very good at it. And through like a long chain of relations, somehow he's related to me. So, uh, <sighs> and I've been talking to him online a little bit. <laughs> so like, he's like, he, I think is the brother-in-law of my cousin who's not technically related to me. Is this, uh, the one who lives north of me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he's like, he's that guy's brother-in-law, I think, or it might be that guy's cousin-in-law. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, this is how, this is how I meet people is like, how are you connected yeah. to me in the family tree? <laughs> All right, so going up to regional breweries, which is, uh, like I said, 186 million gallons or less, you're seeing a tax increase of going from, okay, I, I think I did the math correctly, so at 186 million gallons. Wait, is it? I thought it was a million gallons. No, no, it's 186 million. Bet- between, so anybody between 465 gallons and 186 gallons is technically a regional brewer. Mm-hmm. So Wait, at... at he- 186 million. 186 yeah. million. That is a huge volume. It, it's not. It's not that much. I, I know. Yeah. Like, it, it apparently like yeah. It's a lot. Because like I, now, granted, like a lot of the breweries you and I like in Virginia, like Smart Mouth, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they produce this much. No, they don't. 
And but they are a, a viable business, and they are producing a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. So at 186 million, I don't think this math is right. Point three one. No, that is right. That's 57 million dollars in taxes. 57 million 660 thousand. Yeah. Is that right? I mean, how much is it? It's 31 so, cents a gallon is a tax. Okay, so... Uh, why, why didn't this blow me away when I did the math originally? Because this I is... <laughs> like, now, I, I now I'm looking at this, it's 31 cents a gallon is the tax. And if they're if they're producing the maximum amount to be a regional brewer, which I'm sure most are not, $57,660,000 in tax? That's insane. Yeah, that's... Uh... I think the number's up there. No, it, it's I mean, these are the this, pro- this it's production. So <laughs> I, I think you have your numbers a bit off on the the production. Oh, maybe maybe it's eighteen million six hundred thousand. No, like uh, the microbrewery, according to the Brewers Association, is like it's a different level. So I, I think the I think you just have some misplacement in the numbers, but it doesn't. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, it's still a huge. Yeah, like I mean, it's. I mean, but just it's think, not yeah. like they. I mean, like in these things, it's not like they literally put in there like, and we're for sure going to cut this. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's the yeah, that's the other thing too is that this is a phase out, so they will be putting this tax in and not decreasing property tax for two years. Yeah, which means that legislature will be out and a new legislature will be in. But let's let's assume that you produce five thousand gallons. Let's say you're a very small brewery and you only produce locally. And you and actually, I have a really good example of this. So there is a brewery in uh, Nebraska called Scratch Town Brewing. Mm-hmm. They produce fourteen thousand four hundred gallons a year. Their tax is going to go from four thousand four hundred sixty four dollars annually to nineteen thousand eight hundred seventy two dollars annually. For a small business, that is a huge, huge tax increase. Yes. And that is the difference between expanding and staying the same size or hiring a part-time somebody to help sweep up or kind of keep keep it cleaner or whatever. This is this is this is a humongous tax increase. And yeah. and actually Scratchtown Brewing, I think I had one of their beers uh, when I was visiting Jory. Jory and I drank a whole bunch of local microbrews and a bunch of these really interesting saisons um that they produce there and this guy like this is they they mostly are just producing locally and then some of it gets sent out to other nearby cities but mm-hmm. th- this is this is the consumption of a t- of a town of about 3000 people they drink more than this a year yeah so the the definition is more like the regional brewery is up to 6 million barrels Mm. And so, well, how much is in a barrel? Hang on, that's where I think that um, might be where I came up with these numbers is trying to do the calculations on barrels. Yeah, a uh, uh, fifteen thousand barrels is a microbrewery, and that's four hundred sixty thousand gallons. Okay, so I mean, that's that's still a huge, huge price increase or tax increase on them. And that yeah. that's again, so, it's, it's it's people, it's expansion, it's advertising, it's new employees, yeah. and, it's and that. That's the thing is like in, not a knock on Nebraska. It's not like the, this is kind of like a, so there's an article going around on Reddit about like Australia bringing in like possibly legalizing weed. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it could be a billion dollar industry with blah, blah, blah and taxes and this many jobs. It's like, why does and no offense to Bird, the government getting its beak wet yeah. matter about our personal liberty? 
Yeah. It's not like making weed legal, legal or not hurts. Like if you make weed legal and the government doesn't step in in any capacity, you immediately cut the cost of like drug enforcement in that country by a huge amount. Like if there's no, if there's no, literally like you can have as much weed as you can physically carry. Like yeah. just, it does not matter the amount of weed you can have. Suddenly the enforcement mechanism like goes to zero for 30% of like drug busts. I mean like probably more than that. Out, I like, mean like I, I would, I would imagine that most drug busts are less weed than what you can carry. Yeah. Actually, and, actually we know that because most, a lot of these people that are in jail are in jail for like an ounce. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like suddenly you just massively decrease the amount of police present necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, any of you consider like heroin and crack cocaine like a super big problem like if you just get rid of weed as an issue like so much stuff comes out of the shadows so many people like mm-hmm. in like yes we are a a alcohol show and all that but like why does like the the amount of like oh people enjoy this so we should tax it because people aren't going to give this up it's like right. well like yeah it's bullcrap that i have to pay you indefinitely to own something right but to like enjoy myself because we're the most miserable country on the planet for the advanced world supposedly which you know anytime you see those statistics people unless you're seeing coming from like Mises or fee or something like that where you know they actually go in and tell you what those statistics mean take with a grain of salt right because like the danish are supposed to be the most blah 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 happy people on the planet and they they have the highest level of antidepressant prescriptions right well and i I think i i may be speaking incorrectly here but i think like the finnish are supposed to be very happy people as well and they also Mm -hmm. have a ridiculously high suicide rate yeah so it's like so how what's the correlation between those two like is like are all your sad people just killing themselves or (laughs) or do you not are you not measuring dead (laughs) yeah like or are you not are you not measuring it correctly and also you know to I guess we don't really want to get that much into happiness statistics, but I've always like, it's always bothers me that they, that they do happiness ratings and stuff like that. Uh Like happiness is not, is not a good indicator of if you're satisfied with life or not. Correct. Being productive and making a difference in the world is a very good indicator of satisfaction. You can be unhappy and satisfied. You can also Mm -hmm. be very happy and satisfied and, and, Typically, satisfaction or feeling like you've done a good job in life is going to make you happy, ultimately. Yeah, and I, I think this is a measure that the left kind of came up with because it's it's a nebulous goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, these people are unhappy, so therefore we have to do something for them. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I don't give a crap if somebody's happy or not. Right. Like, I give a crap if they're a protective member of society, whereas in they don't take my money and give me nothing in return. Right. Right. Like if you want to be like so heroined out that you can't function, that's your business. But don't expect me to pay for it. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that's, you know, and that's a good place to talk about it too. And also then like I'm very unhappy that I get taxed and I'm very unhappy that I would have to pay 10 cents more per beer like in, mm-hmm. in Nebraska w- with this enormous increase in taxes. So like th- this is kind of like one of the it is it's very nebulous, it's very it's also very subjective. Happiness is very subjective. Yeah, but and- Kind of to kind of to rein it back in a little bit because you know we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this article. If you guys want to go check it out, uh, I'm going to put a link to the show notes page. It does go through a lot of the reasoning from the government officials. But one thing that I, I really wanted to point out and, and make very clear or very 
to, to go at this from the how much government is in your drink perspective, I guess, on this is this is the government trying to impose a syntax, basically. And, mm-hmm. and there's another, there's another effect of this other than the increase in taxes, or, or maybe it's a symptom of the increase in taxes. And that is, how is this going to change the Nebraskans' decisions on drinking? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we know is that prohibition of alcohol pushes people toward higher levels of, uh, alcohol. So like, it, it, you know, normally like prior to prohibition, cider was a very popular drink in America and beer was a very popular drink in America. And during prohibition, it was almost all liquor. Yes. Because you can, you can move it a lot easier. So if you're, if, and Nebraska's tax system is a per gallon tax system, unless I'm mistaken, which is possible because the, the, everything that I learned about this was just about beer. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they do it differently for wine and for uh, liquor, but if you if if you're seeing a tax increase on this, low alcohol beverages are going to see a much higher increase in price than high alcohol beverages. Mm-hmm. And so if you see this, you know, and, and ten cents is not a huge amount, but you know how like we go to the dollar store and you buy like a spatula for a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of going to the grocery store and buying a spatula for a dollar thirty. Yeah, exactly. And like it's like it's negligible, but having a beer or having a finger of whiskey might be that ten cents difference. It's because value is subjective, and and it's also a perception thing. Is that if you see a beer on the list and it's six dollars, or or let's say five ninety nine. It's five ninety nine, mm-hmm. and this is the reason why everything is priced at ninety nine cents is because it, it it's perceptually lower than six dollars, mm-hmm. even though it's only one cent different. So if you see a beer five ninety nine, and then you see a, a, another beer six dollars and nine cents, and then the liquor is only seven dollars, you might go ahead and make that jump to the liquor if you enjoy whiskey or or whatever the liquor is. You might make that jump because of the of, even uh, though it's, even though it's a very minor the- difference. The change in the tax does not alleviate what people are trying to satisfy by consuming these products. Mm -hmm. So by making it more expensive, you almost guarantee people are going to move into a product that provides a higher value return on the investment. Right. To say it's only 10 cents is a misnomer. Right. This is not what Austrian economists have gone in and measured and like done the math and come up with. This is... Keynesian nonsense saying, oh, no, no, it's only going to be 10 cents to the consumer. No, that's not how prices work. Right. Like there are several episodes of the Contra Krugman podcast where they kind of go over how pricing actually functionally works. And no, it's not going to be 100% past the consumer. No, it's not going to be 100% past the producers, but it's going to be a frick ton more than 10 cents to the the consumer. Right. And it's not like, it's not even like it's the like Chicago in kind of, well, if all the ends justify the means or we get out of the same place, it's not like this immediately reduces property tax to two, you know, like $2. Like it doesn't change change anything it's simply feeding the tea to the government where they get used to having this additional cost overrun mm-hmm. an additional funding source and then like you said it's quite possible a different state legislature is going to be in place when the next one comes around right right so like this is like one of those things and this will be a very quick aside and then we do have to end yeah one of the reasons i'm not for term limits right because term limits basically are an indicative way of saying you have to make the most money as a or the most impact as a government official right away. Right. Because right. it doesn't matter if you get reelected. Yeah. Well, this is this is sort of the point that um, Hans Harp and Hoppe yeah, makes. Yeah. Like exactly. Hoppe has made this. Yeah. Exactly. yeah That's where the whole he, reason I make this. Argument. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and I think it's I think it's a valuable argument. And this does you know to to listeners who are more interested in the wine side of our conversations. 
you know, this is kind of going to sound kind of weird to you, but like Hans Hermann Hoppe makes a very good argument for why people should prefer hereditary rulership to democracy. And he makes this argument in Democracy, the God that Fails, his, you know, crowning achievement book. Um, and the reason is that the monarch has an incentive to maintain the realm, whereas mm-hmm. a elected official for a very short amount of time has a an incentive to rape the realm and get as much value out of it as he can possible. And, and we see this in a, ver- a really good example of this is logging in Maine versus logging in California. Mm-hmm. So in Maine, most of the logging is done on private land, and they do selective logging. They go through and they pick out the trees and make sure that, that the forest is maintained because they own the land, and they have an incentive to make sure that the land is maintained for generations. Whereas on in California, they lease the land, and their incentive is to clear cut, mm-hmm. cut as much they, down as they possibly can because they don't know that the lease is going to be renewed. Yeah, and they don't. And there's not a good contract system right. where it, it implies an incentive for the owner to continue to maintain the land. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also an excellent example for those people who are mainly listening for us for the wine review and things like that. Is this is why you see the Democrats and everything like that saying, "Oh no, no, we have to change democracy." now right it's oh because what we told you for this entire time one person one vote oh no no no, that's not what happens in the united states well that we're not a democracy yeah we're a representative republic for a reason and it's because the people who are empowering themselves to make these choices it's like you don't have a consistent and that's why like for what was it before you originally you couldn't vote if you didn't own land yeah you don't have a stake in the environment in the quote, environment, unquote, because everybody does that incorrectly. You have to quote before you start the quote, finish the quote, (laughs) and then end the quote. Right. Um, And I'm guilty of not doing that the majority of the time. But like people have this thing where it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, oh, it shouldn't matter if you own land or not. That's why they're trying to get felons so they could vote. Now, I don't disagree with the idea that felons should be able to vote, given that like I don't agree with most of the laws that put these people in jail to begin with. Right. But it's another way of trying to put this idea that like, oh, no, no, no. We didn't like the outcome of the last election, and therefore we are going to do everything we can because we already cheated Yeah, DNC leak, everything that happened. We already cheated to try to put these people in jail and, and destroy your elected voices to be like, oh, no, 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 we're going to put who we want in choice. Right. Charge. Like, well, and I think that's – that's, uh, and I've seen this with you know a lot of my family who are, are pretty left-wing is – this last election really shook their faith in democracy, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but it is, it didn't put it in the correct direction. It, it kind of made them go like, well, we just need a lit, like basically a left wing dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And whereas like you and I would say, well, look, democracy is, is a failed. Don't you want, don't you want to live the way that you want? Well, let's get rid of the government or reduce it so small that it doesn't impact you. And then you can live the way that you want and I can live the way that I want. And neither one of us are ruled by Donald Trump. Um, whether you like him or not, like if you want to be ruled by Donald Trump, go for it. I don't, I don't really care. I I think he's very entertaining, but uh, that's the thing is like, and I think this will be the last point we'll make it and, you know, begin for people who only are here for the wine. Think about this. They're trying to push this narrative that Donald Trump is the most impeachable president that ever existed. Barack Obama admitted to having a secret kill list of United States citizens, and he even killed United States citizens drone bombing in a foreign country. Right. Well, wasn't I don't think they were drones that he no, wiped I think, out this I family. No, I think they with. did, yeah. I think it was drones, but I, yeah, I, I, right. I would have to look. Um, so 
and uh, the guy who John Brennan lied before Congress. Yeah. And that's not an impeachable offense. That is supposedly a jailable offense. Right. And it's not like he lied before Congress and said, no, you know, I can't say, I can't answer that question because you don't have a high enough clearance. So your elected representative doesn't have a high enough clearance to hear what they're talking about. And I'm doing air quotes this entire time. Um, But yeah, so Donald Trump, for obstructing an illegal investigation brought on by the prior government that he actually had every right to stop the entire time is the most uh, most impeachable president that ever existed. Right. Never mind the fact that he continued this two-year illegal war in Yemen. Right. He is an impeachable person, just not for what you're going with. Yeah. By, but by the same token, Hillary Clinton has, you know, done how many felonies? Yeah. Oh, Presidents yeah. on how many felonies? Well, I mean, and not even to mention that all of them should be strung up on war crimes. I mean, yeah. they're, they're like Clinton is responsible for thousands of deaths in Yugoslavia and in Iraq. I mean, he did bombing mm-hmm. in Iraq as well. Um, you know, her, his wife, you know, Hillary, she is responsible for what's going on in Libya right now, largely responsible yeah. for it. The and thousands and thousands of trade in yeah. the world at the moment. Yep. Yeah. And, and then Barack Obama, who also she served under this, the blockade that's going in Yemen. I think they're, I think they're up to like 1,100,000 deaths at this point. No, it's more like 250,000. Like, are you sure? The, I guess, the but, death, well, yeah. I thought it was over a million. Are very skewed. And that's okay. the thing is like, and I, you know, I don't disagree with it, but Scott Horton has done a lot. I heard a lot about this where okay. statistically, yeah, like 1.3 million people are going to die before they should have. Okay. Not that many have died, though the number oh, okay. of died is reprehensible yeah like not this like one death was re- irre- was reprehensible it's like two hundred and fifty thousand at the minimum yeah that is they're not u.s citizens well i mean and then what, this, what right yeah. do we have to decide who their government right. is and then the, not even to mention yemen so you've got you've got syria iraq afghanistan you've got millions of people either dead or displaced mm-hmm. and and these are these are all of the same spooks who have been in power all along and th- you know this is this is if it's exactly like Tom Woods says, it doesn't matter who you vote for. You always get John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and in this case, now that John McCain's dead, it doesn't matter who you vote for. You're always going to get, um, what's the mustache man's name again? Uh, I want to say John Bol- Brennan, but I Bolton? know it's not. Is it Bolton? Um, John Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no matter, no matter who you vote for, you're always going to get Bolton. Cause I mean, like, you know, Trump won, ran on a very anti-war platform in a, in a lot of regards. His wasn't where you and I would want him to be anti-war. It was mm-hmm. more of a, it was more of a, you know, what benefit do we get out of this kind of thing? And, yeah. um, which, you know, I don't really care what your motivation is. I'd like you to just leave, but, um, exactly. And the wars. Yeah. And, and the wars. And here's the thing. The Barack Obama presided over the government that illegally put Ross, Ross Ulbrich in jail for the rest of his life mm-hmm. when it's clear that almost every person involved with that investigation committed well, hardcore yeah. felonies right yeah like, i mean straight like, up yeah, yeah. just well and a bunch like, of them i think I like i think like four or five of them are in jail right now for it yeah at least and then yeah. the judge should be in jail like, yeah. i mean it's like not for what she did to ross directly which i i think yes she should be for that horrible of a judgment right but the like the reason she did it and like a bunch of stuff that came out about her afterwards like yeah so yeah all right well i think that's a good place to end mason uh do you want to do the plugs or you want me to do them 
I will do the plug. So right. if you want to talk to us via email, tastinganarchy at gmail.com. If you want to leave funny comments on our website that aren't spam, tastinganarchy.com. If you want to leave funny comments that are spam, go screw yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to see about our events, join up with the mailing list of our event, childerberg.com. We have friends, friends against government. They are another podcast, Car and Bird, and they have many fun guests and many fun, wide-ranging and expansive conversations. Um, so the Fagcast, uh, if you like music, sounds like liberty. Those are the people to talk to, listen to, and hear. They have always something interesting going on. Jacob, I had the Paranoia Pinot Grigio 2017 California. I have finished the bottle at this point. Acidity is my main takeaway from it. Good light okay. pair up in the background, pretty light, but 12.9% alcohol by volume for a Pinot Grigio. That's pretty high. Okay, well, I had the Chisholm Trail Winery. It was called The Outlaw. It's a Barrera or Bar- Barrera. That's right. Yeah. Barrera. Barrera. Yeah. Um, it's spelled B A R B E R A. And it is uh, 13% alcohol by volume. I would, I would say the biggest take away for this is a uh, full fruit strawberry flavor mm. um great with spicy pizza yeah <laughs> that does sound like it would be good with, like a spicy like yeah heavy heavy cheese spicy pizza yeah that'd be really good all right yeah. guys uh, i think that's it from me stay free stay free everybody drink it man Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peterstown, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, wine. Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine. Horton sherry. Wine, wine, wine. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsey at Willis Den. He wasn't selling for the American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine for the other day. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some buys fifth and some buys four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for the other day. Wine for the other day. Wine. Wine for the other day. Wine. Pass that ball to me.